Welcome, everyone, to the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. The podcast that, just like Grand Central, gets you where you need to be for your fantasy team. Now, give it up for your hosts, Sean and Mikey Rock. Hey, 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 what is up, GCF fam? It's your boy, Sean, here. Back at it again with another edition of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast year-end wrap-up edition. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the legendary Mikey Rock. Mikey, talk to the people. How are we feeling? Yo, we're back. We're back, kid. You thought we were gone. No, fuck that. We are back in the motherfucking building. Sean, it's great to hear your voice. This is it, man. This is it. We took a month off, like we said. Hopefully, you guys won your playoffs. We got a lot. The most we've had since we've been doing this for, what, this is our third season, Mike, second full season. The most by far we've had people saying they won their leagues or they were, you know, in the championship, had no idea what they were doing. They were following us. So thank you guys for following us. Uh, Make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter at Grand Central Fan, checking out the podcast, um, and, of course, the blog, GrandCentralFantasy.com. Now, quick shout-out. Uh, Shout-out to our boy Jake, the uh, GOAT follower, um, our contributor Dylan Sparks, who gambling contributor. He's got, um, you know, a uh, season-long report card coming up. So we got a lot of content coming from – All of us, but just so you guys know, we're going to try to average at least one podcast a month in the off season. We're going to be pretty quiet on Twitter because you guys don't really need to hear from us that much. There's not much going on, but we are going to be starting the prep for the season probably as early as before the draft day, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we got to get it to you early. This is it. This is it. All right. So, Mikey, talk to me, bro. What is we're going to do? We're each going to do our three biggest takeaways from 2020 for this pod and our top three things we're looking forward to in 2021. Questions we have, things we want to keep an eye on. So, Mike, lead us off. What is the one of the three of your biggest takeaways from this past season? I am... um so ready to talk about this. Uh, I, can and it's, tell. I can tell. I've been talking about it so much every year. I tell you people, it's probably stuck in your heads, but you need to hear it one more time. You wait on quarterbacks in fantasy football. That is just what we do. And I'm going to go into this a little bit um, because this is mostly for those people out there who were, were drafting Patrick Mahomes in the first, second round, Lamar Jackson, first, second round. And you know what? You Most of you fucking whiffed in your leagues when you went, went ahead and did that. And, um, you know, with those first, second round picks, uh, those early picks, Sean, we always talk about, you know, you have to hit on those in those drafts. You must, those are must hits. You got to fucking come away um, with the best possible outcome, whether it's a running back, wide receiver, you know, uh, you, you have to hit on them. And when you go a quarterback, it's taken away from those prime positions. So uh, I want to talk about it real quick. I pulled up, um, you know, the top rated guys in. Uh, fantasy football this year from the quarterback position. I went right. through the top 12 guys uh, with the with the highest points, most points scored, and then I went through their average draft position. So 
you know, I'll ramble off really quickly about it uh, just so you guys know where I'm coming from. Number one guy, Kyler Murray. You know, he died down a little bit at the end. Injuries, offense, whatever it may be, you know, but he still finished as top guy. His average track position was 56, okay? Mm-hmm. So you could have got the top guy in what, what's 56, Sean? Fourth round, fifth round right there? Yeah. My late, math is horrible. But yeah. It's okay. I don't Yeah. <laughs> Second, the number two guy, Josh Allen, average draft position, 88. You could have got him, you know, seventh, eighth round right about then. Patrick, yeah, it's crazy. Patrick Mahomes was third, and we know where he went. Fourth, a guy that you were huge on, Sean, and I had my doubts. I did have doubts, and that was discount, double-check Aaron Rodgers, average draft position of 92. Okay, so you see this trend right here? You got some great quarterbacks that you got that – you could you could have waited on you could have scored with your running backs your wide receivers got a little depth and then drafted a quarterback later on that is one of my biggest takeaways from the year um and i say it every year i will continue to say it you're going to get sick of it but just wait on a quarterback ryan Tannehill, seventh uh highest scoring yes. quarterback sean 150th average draft position i mean you took, yeah you took the words right out of my mouth man with Tannehill especially i mean this guy, not to cut you off, but this guy, there's so many guys you could have got in the late, late rounds. Even Deshaun Watson, who finished in the top five, he was going in the fifth round, fifth and sixth round, depending on where you're going. So I'm, I'm just looking at it. I'm looking in ESPN. The rankings are a little off from yours, Mike, but they're pretty close. I mean, if you're drafting Mahomes, Mahomes and Lamar, they were going in what? The first and second round, right? Yeah, second round, end of the second round for the most part. But Lamar was going ahead of Mahomes, we would say, ADP wise, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was really close. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players ahead of Lamar Jackson, and you spent your first or second round pick on them. Now I know it depends on your league format or whatever, but you got a guy who was one of my number one rookies to watch Mike we got to find a way to do like a throwback like mixtape of our early podcast because we had some fucking gems on that bro I had Justin Herbert as one of my rookies to watch he finished ahead of Lamar Jackson in fantasy points they were basically tied but I mean think of where you could have got Justin fucking Herbert you probably could have picked him off off free agency you know what I'm saying oh absolutely I mean he was undrafted in most of the leagues it was pretty cool too I saw something um uh, through CBS Sports uh, in 12-team leagues, uh, these five guys were most rostered on championship uh, teams in Week 16. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Uh, That's where, where, where's Patrick Mahomes? Where's Lamar Jackson? Oh, he's not on any of those teams because your fucking running backs or wide receivers or other positions sucked. Like you're not going to hit on you're not going to get a Ryan Tannehill every year in the late round like it, obviously it, it's tough it's not going to happen you're not going to get a guy in the 15th 16th round who's going to it's rare you know, yeah. do work but now my you, Sean you know how I am I always said wait on a quarterback I would wait ninth 10th round I'm starting to I'm starting to kind of inch my way up towards like the 5th 6th 7th round um but that's fair though that's our point you know exactly. what I'm like you yes. can you just don't have to cuz next year Mike guess what's going to happen when Mahomes fucking charges through the playoffs shits down the Browns throats wins another Super Bowl and or did I say Lamar I meant Pat Mahomes when Mahomes does all this shit 
they're going to say again, oh, well, Mahomes, he's the best player in the NFL. You got to draft him first round of your fantasy team. And we're going to be here telling you again, fuck that. And like Mike said, it could be in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, but you're getting a guy like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Kyler Murray's going to be a little higher, but Rodgers is going to be Rogers is going to be in the fifth area now because he's a year older. So I agree with you 100. percent Yep. And uh, you know, speaking of Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray is probably going to take that jump. Um, you know, not to the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson level, but I got a feeling you're going to see him going early. I'm probably not going to own any Kyler Murray in any of my leagues. He's going to be, yeah, he's going to be great too. I mean, I love Kyle Murray. You know, I picked him for MVP. He was on that pace until he oh, kind absolutely. of got hurt. And I don't think he was 100%. I think he kind of started, you know, forcing it to DeAndre Hopkins a little bit too much towards the end of the year. He just kind of got in his own head and, you know, was really trying to overthrow, um, throws and really got out of his own in his own way. But speaking of draft strategy, that leads me to, my one this is probably my number one takeaway from this year and that is the fact that these big name wide receivers are just not worth their draft price okay so outside of Devonte adams who wasn't even the number one wide receiver on the board we had guys like let me see here we had guys like julio jones oh. michael thomas michael thomas was going in the first round of drafts he didn't even finish in the top 50 i would say i gotta scroll down i'm trying to look for him right now he barely even played for you and they are a ton of wide receivers you could have got in the much later rounds stefan diggs he was a everybody had him labeled as a bus he finished for my rankings right here depending on what you guys have your player format he finished as the third or fourth wide receiver calvin ridley who me and mike had just outside of our top tens Finished in the top five. DeAndre Hopkins, he was probably the highest one. He was probably going in the third round. He finished in fifth overall. DK Metcalf, a guy that, you know, me and Mike, Mike said he liked Tyler Lockett ahead of him. I liked Lockett too, but I thought they were pretty even. You could have got Metcalf in like, what, the sixth round, seventh round, I would say. Um, Justin Jefferson, all these guys, even Mike Evans, Allen Robertson, the fucking God, AJ Brown, all these guys are wide receivers. I would even make an argument that they they were even drafted higher went higher um, than they should be in fantasy drafts just for a fantasy perspective as a fantasy owner because you just need to prioritize running backs. Mike, what do you think about spending a high pick on a guy like a Julio Jones or a Michael Thomas? Do you think it's worth it because we are chasing that Devontae Adams production in the back half of the first round? Or have you, this cemented it for you that we're not going this route anymore? Like, fuck the big name wide receivers. Let somebody else take them. Hey, you know how I felt earlier on in the year. Um, I had a, in our first podcast uh, when we did the mock draft, I had a lot of wide receivers going early on and stuff. And I don't want to say I regret it, but I definitely would take a step back from a lot of that. I think uh, especially what we saw with the running back position this year, um, mm-hmm. it's there's a, there's a lot of injuries. You want to get that sure thing up there with running backs and with the wide receiver position. It's so deep. There's so many guys out there that, like you said, you can grab value in the fifth, sixth, seventh, it's eighth crazy. round it's that crazy. are not too – yeah, they might not be um, – 
you know, a top five wide receiver, but they're going to be, you know, not far behind them. Like you named off all these guys. I mean, um, what round was, um, you know, Robert Woods going in Amari Cooper. I mean, they were, they were probably, I think they were around like third round, fourth round, but they finished as top 15 wide receivers. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson finished the year as a top 20 guy. My guy, Marvin Jones, who a lot of people were shitting on and giving me shit for it, came back to life at the end of the year. I yeah, you killed him, man. But I mean, you know, which is fair. It obviously was fair to do, but there's just so much value, like deeper middle of the drafts for wide receivers. There's a lot of value there, and you definitely can hold off. I mean, next year, who do you what wide receivers do you see going to the first round? Obviously, Devontae Adams is going to be the top guy, top wideout. Tyreek Hill is probably going to be there too. I mean, and then it stops right there. I was going to say, do you put anyone else in there? No, not even close. And nobody. You're going to see a lot of Stefan Diggs, but all those people oh, can block. I wouldn't. All either. those people can block. I'm not, I'm not I, like, listen, I don't want to get in a larger piece of fucking Josh Allen. Like, you know, you guys remember Cinderella? Like, he fucking, you know, was the bell of the ball, and then, like, he lost his glass slipper. Wait till fucking Josh Allen plays next year with a tougher schedule and, like, is is totally <laughs> not not at this level anymore. That's a whole different conversation. I think I was going to say, wow, no credit for Josh Allen after all the Josh and Josh Allen slander from us this year. Listen, bro, he had it put up to him on a fucking silver platter. You say it more than anybody. I know that fucking coaching staff is oh, phenomenal. He's uh-huh. surrounded by talent. Josh, not Allen just the coaching staff, the, the GM should win everybody in, uh, you know, a fucking presidential award or some shit. I mean, he, yeah. he put all the right pieces around him. He really did. Their owner, for Christ's sake, like they from top to bottom, they have a great organization. And I'm not like I'm really not trying to take much away from Josh Allen, but let's just it, it, if my first and second, or if my second round pick is in the hands of Josh Allen to be like accurate enough. And I know this sounds crazy. But just fucking watch till next year, guys. This is not Josh Allen is not going to take over the league. I'm telling you. Oh, well, um, I hope they fucking lock him up this year. Give him fu- like forty million a year, <laughs> dude. These guys all like like it's all it's in the news now, and I don't want to get too off topic. It's in the news now, but Carson Wentz uh, because Doug Peterson got fired. Do you remember his second year when he was cruising at the MVP level? Like in week 13, he got hurt. He was, if he just threw a touchdown a game for the rest of the year, he would have won the MVP like unanimous. He was having a great year. Now look at him. He got fucking Jalen Hurts running around. Jalen Hurts can't fucking throw a ball into the ocean, but he's fucking taking the ball, taking the starting job from the guy that was supposed to be the guy, just like Josh Allen was. So let's pump our brakes. But Stefan Diggs. I like him, but to answer your question, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, those are the only guys in the first round because if people want to do the zero running back type of situation, have a great time. Mike, I feel like people are trying to, when they do that and they draft all the wide receivers early, they're trying, they think they're drafting like three Devontae Adams when in reality there's really only one and like you probably didn't even draft him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then it's a then it's a crapshoot with all your running backs. You're like praying to God that like w- one of them or two of them pan out, and it's it's running back position is a fucking crapshoot. Let's call it what it is. Well, I'm so, glad you I'm glad you bring that up, and not to jump over you, but that just naturally leads right into my second biggest takeaway of 2020, cool. which we might as well fucking dive into it right now. Running back is is more important than it's ever been, basically because of what we were 
what we just spent the time talking about. Like there are so many wide receivers that you can get in the later rounds that you need to spend all of your fucking draft capital early on on running backs. I'm looking at it now. The top three running backs, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Cook. Then we have Adams, Hill, Diggs, Kelsey, your boy, Ridley, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones. Then another wide receiver, Hopkins, Metcalf, Jonathan Taylor coming in hot. It's like for every one running back, there's like three or four wide receivers that you could have got much later on. So Mike, I know we're on the same page, but talk a little bit of how important running backs are. And especially I think because of all the injuries we see from running backs, how do you feel about it? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Uh, running backs are definitely more important than ever. I mean, the injuries were outrageous this year. I don't know. I, I don't know what what the reasoning it was for. I mean, I don't know if it was less, you know, real practices, you know, more virtual practices, and less. I don't know. I I, I really have no idea because it was outrageous the amount of injuries we we saw, especially from the running back position, but. Running back is so important, and that's kind of what's like making me, you know, to go back about the wide receivers in the first round. That's what's making me think, you know, you have to hit on these running backs in the first round. You know these, you know these running backs early on. You know what you're going to get out of them for the most part. You know Christian McCaffrey. That you know, that's not going to happen with him every year. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think um, running backs are definitely more important than ever. You got to draft you know, as many as you can early on. I'm not saying, you know, stack your first five picks with running backs, but you got to solidify your running backs. It's so important. It's, uh, it's so much harder to hit on in the mid round of drafts um, as opposed to like wide receivers and quarterbacks. It's crazy, man. And I know people are going to say it's dangerous to really put all your eggs in one basket with the running backs. But Mike, how many questions did we take at the end of the year? of people that it's like, oh, I have Akers, Drake, like all all these random ass guys at the beginning of the year. It's like, oh, are you really going to be relying on Cam Akers? Me and you in our running back discussion, I threw the um, my rookies at the end. I think the only rookie you were super high on was J.K. Dobbins, yeah. and he ended up paying off really well towards the end. We'll get into the rookies a little later. But like – they, these are guys that it's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll take a late round flyer on them. We'll see. And then it's like Cam Akers is fucking leading people to fantasy titles before he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 100%, man. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, man, I wish that happened a little earlier on. In the I year. All of them, I man. thought it was going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too much into those guys now. But yeah, yeah. We'll do it a little later. You, That's you, true. 21. You hit the nail on the coffin, though. You guys heard that. Running backs are vital to your success in fantasy football. Um, and now, speaking of being successful in fantasy football, I'm going to go on to my second one uh, on my list. And this is going to be interesting for you to hear, Sean. Um, and Break it's about it the tight end position. And you know my method. Everyone knows my method with tight ends. Well, you, you got a lot of explaining to do on this one, but go ahead. Oh, well, okay. I do. Yeah. You know my method on tight ends. You always wait. You fucking wait. People, you just do it. You wait. They're going to, it's going to pay off. Unless your name is Travis 
Kelsey. I said it, Sean. Okay? I did okay. it. You know? Okay. I, I have to admit it. Because what I saw out of Travis Kelsey this year was not – I can't even – I don't want to even use the word dominance. It, it was more like godlike play on the field because he's a fucking yeah. god, bro. And he yeah. just puts himself on such a different pedestal compared to all the other tight ends. It's like Travis Kelsey and the rest of the world. And if you can have that – um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh if you can have that, okay. Don't hurt yourself. No, I'm my brain's hurting because I don't usually talk about tight ends, you know, uh, in this way as, as much. But if you can have Travis Kelsey uh, and you're going up against the next opponent, and they have any other tight end in the world, like you just have that, um, you have a better chance yeah, of right. obviously winning the game. I don't know why I can't. I can't fucking think of the word. Maybe it's because I haven't like done a podcast in a month. What's yeah. that? You mean like the elite guy, like the best of the best type of guy? Yeah, he it's just he's on a different level. I mean, did he, he led the league in in receiving yards? Was it or close to it? Um, close to it. I got. Let me get the thing. But his numbers were he had 105 receptions, 1,416 yards, which is very close. If it's uh, well, maybe he didn't lead the league because did well. Didn't Jefferson set the rookie record with 1,400? Yeah, he set the rookie record. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway. Sorry. Yeah. And, and 11 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns. Yeah. And I mean, he just separates himself so far from the rest of the pack. And it, that just gives you like a huge advantage each week when you look at the other team's tight ends. And it's hard to do that with any other position. There's no other position you can do that with. Um, obviously tight end is so limited. The, t- the position was terrible this year. Absolutely yep. fucking terrible. All time terrible. Yep. For- terrible. From a football standpoint, from a fantasy football standpoint, all standpoints, tight ends were terrible, which makes it that much, you know, more important for you to draft Travis Kelsey. And I honestly think, Sean, there's going to be some leagues that you will see me drafting Travis Kelsey early on. I mean, we got to expect from the yeah, we got to expect from the tight end position, it's going to be better um, than last than this past year. I mean, it just has to be these tight ends got to be a little better. Um, but I mean, we're talking Travis Kelsey. We're talking about an all-time great tight end, uh, an all-time great pass catcher with the best quarterback. We always talk about how he has Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback, and he plays in the best offense in the NFL. There's just the separation from him to other tight ends. Always wait on a tight end. If you don't get Travis Kelsey, you just wait, wait, wait. But I yeah, mean, talk to me, Sean. How do you feel about that? I know you were, you talked about drafting Travis Kelsey last year and uh, well, early on, and then you faded well, away from that a little bit. But. Well, real quick, Kelsey was second with 14, 16 yards, right? Okay. Yep. Who was number one? Number one was Devontae Adams? No, Adams was fifth. Number one was uh, Stephon Diggs? Ding, 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 ding. He got it, ladies and gentlemen. With 1,535, I still don't believe that uh, rigged season. He crushed um, it. (laughs) Rigged team, rigged election. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. But back to Kelsey, I just think it's funny because I was laughed out of the podcast studio by Mike in our – I think it was the second round mock where I was taking Kelsey and Kittle. Kittle ended up being a bust only for injury reasons. Honestly, Mike, I get where you're saying with uh, 
I'm only drafting a tight end early if his name is Kelsey. But when Kittle played, he did great. Yeah. Like he was good. It's not like he was limited. Like he he would have put gave Kelsey a run for his money. So I'm not saying that we're taking these tight ends. Like I, I said, I advocated for taking them in the second round. Um, and Mike wasn't into it, but you know, he said that he's, he's come around on this and you know, we get it. This guy puts up, Kelsey puts up a historic year like this, you know, obviously we're going to change our minds. We're not idiots, but Mike, how early are you taking these guys? I'm taking Travis Kelsey. I would probably take him uh end of the second round. End of the second round. See, I don't think he's going to be there. Well, I mean, that's where I'm. It depends where I'm draft. I'm not taking him as a first round pick. That's I where could you see, would take him, though. Yeah, I could see people doing it though. But I, I, mm-hmm. I'm taking. Let's not forget. Remember Rob Gronkowski in his prime. He was going in the first round of draft, Sean, and he to me is in a PPR format. Travis Kelsey is probably a better option than Rob Gronkowski, and and Rob Gronkowski's yes. prime. Now, yes. now to go back to George Kittle real quick. Yeah, George Kittle is a great tight end. Don't get me wrong, but there are question marks. They're not huge, but there are question marks with George Kittle. Number one, injury concerns. You know, in years past, mm-hmm. he's been injured a lot, but he's played with the injuries. He's dealt with the injuries. Obviously, this year was a different story. He does get injured a lot, though. Number two, the offense he plays in. It sucks. Who's his quarterback? Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't even know yeah. if he's on the team anymore. Nick Mullins. Yeah, Who I knows? mean. He, uh, the pizza delivery guy. I, I don't know it, it, the offense he plays in, and it's it just it's not sexy. I mean, he's done successful in it, but yeah, that's why Travis Kelsey's in a whole nother fucking ball game. Um, a whole nother uh, ball game for me. But yeah, man, yeah. that's how I feel. No, I I love Kelsey. I think you're gonna see him going. Honestly, at the end of the first round, I think his ADP is gonna be around there. Early second round, I would love. Next year you'll see me if it's possible. If I have the if I have like a later round pick, if I'm in like the the seventh to eighth round pick, I'd love to take a guy like I don't know, like a Aaron Jones type of guy with that first pick and then pair him with Kelsey it in the second round pick. I think that's a that's a great move for next year. But we'll Well, well let me uh, yeah, let, let me just play this out for you first round pick you grab a solid running back second round pick travis kelsey third round pick you grab your second running back Mm -hmm. you and i were just talking about how deep wide receiver is how much value there is in the middle of the draft so you just you just got your two starting running backs you got your the best tight end in the game by far now you can start fucking solidifying your wide receivers your running back depth that looks pretty good man a hundred percent. That's why we're the experts, Mike. Never forget. And I have written down here before I forget, you know, guys, I started in the fantasy football playoffs and I won those playoff games to go to the finals. Uh, fucking Nelson Aguilar and Antonio Brown, both guys that I picked up in the middle towards the end of the season. So again, if you need another reason to not fucking draft a wide receiver early on, there's one for you. Um, Mike, why don't you bring us home with your third um, thing to your third takeaway from this season? Okay. Yeah. Um, this one I'll, I'll try to be a little quicker on, and it's waiver wire pickups and just straight up paying attention to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously draft day, you need to hit a home run if you want to win the championship. But one of the other most important things and keys to your championship, and when you look at your championship rosters, is 
if you hit the waiver wire right, um, free agent acquisition budget right, if you just fucking pay attention to free agency and um, it, it fucking pays off, okay? And when I'm talking about this, I'm bringing this up because there were so many guys, Sean, that were on championship rosters this year um, or playoff rosters this year that we didn't, we never even talked about before the season. I mean, they went yeah. undrafted and they mm-hmm. were fucking dynamic and helped get you to the playoffs. And I'm talking about all stars. I'm talking about fucking grand slam hitters. I'm talking about James Robinson. Remember before the oh fucking God. draft, dude? Um, I can't even tell you the other running backs that all the experts were talking about. You need to draft for Jacksonville because he's going to be the starter. No one even mm-hmm. talked about James Robinson. I mean, Miles Gaskins wasn't really talked about much. Um, uh, Mike Davis, you know, Christian McCaffrey went down. If you were quick to, you know, if you paid attention, you saw the injuries, you saw that these guys were going to come into the next game, possibly being the starters. Those are just running back positions. I mean, I didn't even get into the, you know, Brandon Ayuk, um, T. Higgins earlier on. Mm-hmm. If you just paid attention um, to injuries in your league and who was going to be the next guy up, or just paid attention to styles of offense, it paid off. And it always pays off. Pay attention to your waiver wires. There's always going to be those numbskulls in your league that just don't fucking look at it. They don't care. They draft and they're just not into it. You need to be into it. It'll pay off for you in the long run. A hundred percent. It's really all about, even if you're the most casual fan, I hate these people that say they don't have time to look at the waiver wire and keep up with their fantasy team. And it's the same people that are asking us, who do I start, Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson at 12.55 on a Sunday? You know oh, what I'm fuck saying? Them. Like, it's like just it, – it doesn't – it takes five minutes out of your day at most to pay the level of attention you need to get up on the guy in your league that isn't paying attention. So whether you do a waiver wire, I mean, everybody has to clear waivers on a Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever you guys do. But if it's a bidding system, if it's like by priority, you know, you got to make sure you're, you know, everything you're, you're on top of everything, you know, where you sit in the priority, you know, how much money you have to spend. And it's, it's really basic because that's where leagues are won. It, it really is. And that rolls me into one of my my last takeaway from 2020 was how overrated this year, but I think it kind of has a trend for all years, um, how overrated trades at the deadline or trades in general during the season are when you, as opposed to just drafting well. So I'm going to go on a big fucking kick next summer, this summer beforehand, really focusing on the draft with, uh, the whole GCF fam, because if you want to win your league, you need to have a fucking airtight draft with lots of guys on your bench that are great because yeah, everybody can make a trade, but look at those guys that made a trade for Michael Thomas or Christian McCaffrey thinking he's going to pan out. A lot of these guys, you make big, big trades. Nick Chubb, he was a guy that was traded a lot. Austin Eckler, they went to the playoffs. They did good in the first round, second round, they shit the bed. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about hitting a home run on draft day. Mike, you do you feel the same way? How do you feel about trades? Do you think it's a little bit of an overrated thing, honestly, or how are you feeling? I mean, I love trading personally, but you're I mean, that you win your draft you win your leagues 
on draft day. That's how it is. That's what you got to do. You got to find value, middle rounds, later rounds. That's where you're going to find it. Trading is risky, man. Uh, and some a lot of times it bites you in the ass. Other times it pays off. But I mean, you hit it. You know, you hit the nail in the coffin. Fucking like there's draft there's- day, man. Is where you need to do your homework. Um, and GCF will give you. You know, a little cheat sheet every year too for draft day because we fucking rock. So, and I'll give you a perfect example. Honestly, there's rumors of this guy. I don't know if you know him well, Mike, but he traded a third round pick. Yes. He basically traded his farm system for next yes. year. Yes, for Christian McCaffrey. Oh my god! And that week, he yes. traded for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, McCaffrey man. got hurt. Did he even play a game for this guy? I mean, Mike, if you want to come out of the closet and reveal. Who the f- who's this fucking Stunad that made this trade is what I want to know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let me find this fucking person and smack him in the back of their head. This is. These oh, wait, are the listen. Trades. Yeah, that's me. I just smacked myself in the head. Exactly. Exactly. Man. It happens. It happens to the best of us. And before we move on to 2021, uh, shout out Justin Jefferson, uh, the rookie leader, 1400. He would finish in fourth and he will always remind me of our good buddy, um, our brother, Andrew Deese, who his starting offer for Justin Jefferson, I believe was two first round picks. Um, when he was looking to trade him, he knew during, some. We he knew some. We didn't know. I guess I don't know. during during the season. So, Mike, what is your? Let's go to twenty twenty one. We're on to the future. It's all about progression at GCF. The number one progression podcast, progressive podcast. Fuck the conservatives. What's going on? How are we feeling? Twenty twenty one. Talk to me. What are, What are you looking forward to? Twenty twenty one, baby. New year, new me. Let's fucking go, yo. Here we go. This is what I need to talk about first. The rookie. Some of these rookie running backs that oh, yeah. just started to get it going towards the end of the year. Um, and we got J.K. Dobbins on this list. We got Cam Akers on this list. I'm even going to throw Jonathan Taylor in this list because you know he was on top of the world. Start off the year, he fucking you know died. Um, R.I.P. And then mm-hmm. he was Jesus Christ and rose from the dead the rest of the way. So these, uh, um, I just want to see what you think about these rookie running backs, uh, Sean. And I'm really interested to see what their average draft positions are, how people are going to be feeling about them. I mean, they really started to get it going. We talked about it earlier. J.K. Dobbins, my son, my fucking third born son. He I was is. all hyped about him. Um, it took him a little while to get it going, but he finally did in a gr- uh, great run offense. I believe the Baltimore Ravens, you know, the year before they were first, they broke the record for most rushing yards um, in NFL history. Um, and I think this year it was like the, the fourth most rushing yards in NFL history by team. J.K. Thomas played a huge part of that later on. Cam Akers was um, – we saw him at the end of the year. I believe the week before the playoffs, first round of the playoffs, uh, he fucking you know went off. He was starting mm-hmm. to show his true colors, the colors that we wanted to see out of him. And uh, JT, you know, you drafted him. Uh, when did you draft him? Second round? Third round? Third round. Third round I drafted him. And, and he was were, basically droppable. He was basically Yeah, you droppable. were kicking yourself for it. And a lot of people a lot of people did drop him, you know. He lost Nike a lot of Hines. people's leagues, He lost a lot of people's leagues. Yep. And then they brought him back and he started, you know, he, he looked a lot better. He looked like Jonathan Taylor from early on. So – um, I'm excited to see what those guys are going to bring to the table. Those are all going to be um, first to second round picks in my mind, Sean. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm really reaching with like Cam Akers, but what they showed me towards the end of the year, 
though that that might be the type of value you can get out of those guys. They could be first round, second round values, and they're probably going to be going second, third round. Uh, how do you feel about those rookie running backs? And maybe there's uh, another rookie, rookie running back that I'm leaving off that really started to get it going later on too. My you can God. add to the list. I don't You're know. You're missing my favorite. You're missing my favorite. Oh, DeAndre Swift. I'm talking about guys that started getting on towards the end. He came back, bro. He had a he stopped having panic attacks because of his fucking concussion, and then he started. You know, he was he was solid, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. Not, I get your I point. He, he didn't. He didn't catch fire like the other yes. guys. Okay, um, we'll, we'll add him. We'll add him. Well, here's my thing, Cam Akers. I wouldn't undersell him, man. He was a rare. Remember that game? I forget who it was against. I think it was Arizona where he had like 32 rushes for like almost 200 yards, like no catches. Like he's like an old school, like AP style running back. Like fucking he's just like hitting the bell. Boom. Like, like they didn't have anybody. He was all three downs. Like he was just running it here. I have the, um, fantasy pros shout out fantasy pros the only other fantasy website you should be using besides ours yeah they sure. have the um, fantasy football draft rankings for 2021 guess who is the earliest running back off the board out of those rookies that you mentioned not including swift not includes ever those three i would think jonathan taylor but you're making me think that it's not Nope, it's Jonathan Taylor. Guess where he's at? He's in the top 10, but where? Jonathan Taylor, probably seventh. Yep, got it. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I'm pretty seventh. good. I'm pretty he's good at a- what I do. He's ahead of Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, and your boy Ezekiel Elliott. Um, the only buddy, only people that are ahead of him, they got Saquon ahead of him. That's a little interesting. I don't know about that. Everybody else, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Cook, McCaffrey, that's very fair. But Barkley, I don't know. Um, let's see. Yeah, Barkley's going to be an interesting guy, man. I don't want to give up on him yet. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to let go of things uh, in fantasy and my personal life. But, yeah. <laughs> that's true. And this is a little bit of a disrespect, I think, because I agree with you. I love all these running backs, all the guys you mentioned. I even like Swift. Um, I think they're going all – they should be going in the, at least the second round. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. Taylor, they love him. That's that's more, I would think, for the offensive line and the Colts offense um, overall. But they have – and this could change, but they have J.K. Dobbins at 32nd overall, DeAndre Swift at 35th overall, Cam Akers at 37th overall. I think these guys should be up near – I mean, they got Mark Andrews at 23. What? Joe, Mix, Joe, Joe Mixon at 21. But they have Mark Andrews, the tight end of the Baltimore Ravens, at 23? Yes. This is this year, 2021, yeah. Uh, fantasy pros, you're going to have to redo that one. I don't know. Well, because he's another one. He caught fire towards the end of the year, so maybe that's what they're thinking. But to yeah, answer your question, man, you know, we got a little bit of insight. I fucking Let me agree. find the motherfucker that drafts Mark Andrews second round. <laughs> Let me find them, Sean. I know. Well, they got Michael Thomas, twenty fourth, right behind Mark Andrews. Michael Thomas is never should never be going in the fucking top two rounds ever again. It's over. It's hard. I mean, it's also hard too to predict the future in the sense of we don't even know what the teams are going to look like. Drew Brees isn't even his quarterback mm-hmm. next year. Who's going to be throwing the ball to him? Eh, you know, it's um, I don't know. It, it's hard to predict, but that's interesting. Those running backs. I mean, so these guys. 
you know what, you're looking at small sample sizes of production from them, big running back productive games. So I get where they're at right now, but you best fucking believe those those guys, those running backs you mentioned, their average draft positions are going to whoop, shoot right up. Yeah, man, that's definitely something we want to keep an eye on. As long as everything good, like I said, it's way too shoot early. Shoot up. Shoot up all day. But speaking of guys – what, what we're curious speaking how they're going to be. Up. Speaking of shooting up, that's what's the um, picture for the thing's going to be, just a fucking uh, vile. Um, I'm looking at these specific players, Mike, and seeing if they're going to bounce back next year. Three wide receivers, guys that were taken early. Juju Smith-Schuster, he had 97 receptions, 831 yards, nine touchdowns, which I was surprised at. DJ Moore, 66 receptions, 1,193 yards, four touchdowns. A lot more receiving yards than I thought. And your boy Cooper Cup, 92 catches, 974 yards, and three touchdowns. They're the head of the class of guys like them, Robert Woods, Julio Jones, um, let me see. Thielen had a good year, so not Thielen. But, you know, th- those type of wide receivers that kind of underperform for their ADP, how do you feel about – do any do any names jump out at you where you're like, yes, I think they're going to be great, or, or no, I think they're going to suck? I mean, Juju, we don't even think he's going to be a stealer next year. Yeah, uh, that's a bit – that's what I was going to say about him. That's one of the things. The only thing that's, you know, going to go up for him is his TikTok followers probably. I mean, yes. he's pretty – He's probably going to go to a team and get paid. I mean, unless he gets franchise tag, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But you know, they're talking about the Jets. Like, what the? That's not going to be any good for him. I mean, no, I don't know what the quarterback good. situation is going to be there. Um, he'll probably go to get paid. DJ Moore is twenty three years old. Sean, twenty three so years old. He's so young. His um, arrows pointing up. Carolina's offense is dynamic. They'll be getting Christian McCaffrey back, which will definitely take pressure off of everyone else. So I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm a huge DJ Moore guy, but I think there's definitely a wave of, you know, the arrow pointing up for him. Cooper Cup, I'm kind of, um, I don't know, man. Cooper Cup is kind of borderline about him. Like you watching him play and seeing all like, you know, the targets and receptions he get, like, cause he had a lot of them again this year. You know, you Mm -hmm. think he would, you think he would have um his numbers would have looked better in fantasy, but his touchdowns were so low. And that's that's something that we always talk so highly about with Cooper Cup. Like, you know, he's a slot guy, gets all these catches, and but he always brings in the touchdowns. Um, but he, he had three touchdowns on the year. And I don't know. That uh passing game with the Rams is kind of iffy. Uh I'm kind of yeah, like um limbo with with uh Cooper Cup right now. I think the Rams offense is kind of like the Patriots in the sense where no skill player is going to be like a huge star. I feel like McVay's system is very like doesn't focus on anybody. If anybody was like the big star, probably Robert Woods, but even he kind of underperformed for what we expected from him. Uh, You know, it's a toss up with the LA guys. Um, Juju is sucks. I think he is just going to go down this. It's he's super young. I don't think it's over for him by any means. I think he'll go to another team. I think he'll be solid. But I mean, when he was being drafted two years ago, he was drafted as the next Antonio Brown. He is 
he's not even the second best wide receiver on his team now. Claypool and Deontay are better. So, um, you know, we'll see with them. And DJ Moore, I like, but we're just going to have to see, you know, he is still young. I, we got to see what quarterback's going on, but it's just another reason to, you know, those, these wide receivers in the third, fourth round, maybe pump the brakes and wait on them. Mike, who you got for me with your second thing to look forward to in 21? Um, well, real quick, who, if you, out of those three wide receivers, who are you taking Sean for next year? Yeah. I'm just curious more. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. It's close with cup, but more. Okay. All right. I was just checking. That's how I feel the same way too. But moving on. Um, yeah, my next thing that I want to talk about is wide receiver free agents. I'm very much so looking forward to it in 2021. And you guys should too. There's going to be a lot of movement. This wide receiver free agency class is one of the best that we um that we've probably seen in a while in my eyes. And let me, let me rattle off some of these names to you. Some guys that could be on the move and some guys that we need to, you know, just keep our eye on, see what uh, type of offense they're going to be and whatnot. Break it down. Allen Robinson, the goat, the fucking goat, goat. Will Fuller, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith Schuster, Corey Davis. That's just to name a few. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you know, we talked about Juju Smith-Schuster or whatever, but I mean, he's like the sixth best wide receiver on free agency. That's that's pretty solid, man, considering like what we were looking at last year. And I'm just excited because, you know, the talent level that these wide receivers have, um, some of them are are going to be put into, you know, very good situations. Some of them are not. And um, I am just very excited to see where they go. And one of the teams that I think that need a second wide receiver very badly, they didn't establish it at all last year. I thought, I thought they did. I thought they found something. Um, and they didn't do it in the draft was the green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel, but I keep seeing little rumblings about Will Fuller or Corey Davis going there. I mean, that would be, that'd be you know, great. that'd be fucking great. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're drafting Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's going to need some wide receivers to go uh, to throw to. They have the top, they have the most cap room in the NFL next year. I mean, can you see Trevor Lawrence throwing, you know, touchdown passes, hopefully to a ke- healthy Kenny Galladay next year? Um, maybe an Allen Robinson because they're going to have money to spend. For you, man, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there's probably better situations than that, but I'm just trying to think like there's so many wideouts, so many people who desperately desperately need wideouts, especially good offenses. I'm so excited to see where some of these guys end up. Praying to fucking God Allen Robinson is a New York Jet. I know it would be terrible for a fantasy standpoint, but Allen Robinson gets it done with whoever's <sighs> throwing on the ball. But yeah. I'm just saying. But, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to see what happens with all these free agent wide receivers. That's something that we all need to keep an eye on. A hundred percent. And it is exciting, not even from just a football perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, like Alan Robinson, like, you know, sure it might be bad, but it might not be the worst if he went to the Jets from a fantasy perspective. I mean, Nick Foles looked like death towards the end and he was still putting up numbers. I mean, Mitch Trubisky literally was just bombing it down the field. That's something Sam could do with his fucking eyes closed. So, I mean, it might not be worst thing in the world for him to go, but it just does has such fantasy impact. It's like, there's a big difference between Chris Godwin with Tom Brady and Chris Godwin with Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? It's like, 
that it you really want to pay attention to how this happens. My biggest takeaway from this whole thing is we want to really see where Kenny Galladay is going to go because, and how the quarterbacks, these guys play with effect. So Josh Allen was probably a poor example because he is good, but Tom Brady, let's use um, Chris Godwin. There's a big difference between Chris Godwin playing with Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson, who really outside of a couple good flow, good throws to Hollywood Brown this past week, isn't the most accurate type of guy. So it really affects your fantasy football, um, like their fantasy football outlook for 2021, depending on the quarterback they're with. My favorite guy in this track in this class, obviously, is Allen Robinson, but the most talented, it, it's really close, man. Kenny Galladay, if he can stay healthy, but I think now we have to label him injury prone, but if he can stay healthy, He's he's gonna be a fucking monster. Him him down in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer as the head coach. I would watch out for that duo. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. I mean, we're talking about all pro, pro bowler, wide receivers in this group, Sean. Uh, and you know, I I talked about Juju Smith Schuster as one of the worst guys, and Corey Davis was the last guy I mentioned. Corey Davis had a huge season. I don't know great. if maybe, yeah, I don't know if that had to do with, you know, um, Ryan Tannehill there. He actually had a good quarterback to throw to him. I don't know if it had to do because it was a contract year, but Corey Davis is going to make an excellent um, selection to an, uh, you know, any team he goes to. I see rumblings with him with the New York Giants, possibly. Uh, yeah, that'd be good for Daniel Jones. I mean, Will Fuller, you saw the season he was having. I know he's injury prone. He got suspended, but we saw the season he was having as a number one. You got to remember, too, a couple of these guys, you know, at at least two of them are going to get franchise tag, you have to think. Mm -hmm. A couple of them, um, you know, it's going to happen with. Probably Chris Godwin, uh, maybe Corey Davis. I don't know. But still, I'm just excited to see because there's so many great quarterbacks who need, you know, great wide receivers, and there are great wide receivers available out there. There really are. And, Mike, we might need to to do a – Jets podcast in a couple weeks, kind of have it be framed around fantasy, but oh, I, just have Jets too, all day. I have too much Jets energy to not record a pod. So if our five followers that are Jet fans be on the lookout for that one, cause we're going to have to get that going. Um, all right, real quick here. This is my biggest thing looking forward to 2021. And that's just, I have written down Ezekiel Elliott, Mike 979 rushing yards, six touchdowns, you know, great for your number two wide, number two running back, not a guy that you drafted within the top three picks. So real quick, how do you feel about Zeke? We talked about it before on the pod. It kind of went quiet. We weren't on um, towards the end, like in the playoff when he was hurt and everything. And he really let a lot of guys down, even the, you know, Zeke loyalists that kept him towards the end. They watched Tony Pollard run all over the fucking field while Zeke was holding his knee. So how do you feel about Zeke in 21? Oh man, um, if you asked me a couple weeks ago, I'd I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm feeling good, but I don't know, man. I'm worried. Um, I, you know, obviously Dak will be back, and that'll take mm-hmm. some pressure off of him. Um, but I'm just worried. That off- this isn't the same offensive line of the Cowboys that he came into the league with. You know, a lot of these guys are retiring, injuries are catching up to him. He still has a pretty solid offensive line, but it's not what it used to be at all. You know, the the Ezekiel Elliott days of drafting was a top three running back to me are over. 
you could definitely justify. I, I could definitely justify drafting him in the first round still, but yeah. um, there is cause for some uh, hesitation with him um, moving forward in my eyes. It might be, it might be over, but I don't think it's over quite yet. I think he was way more hurt than he let on a lot of the season. Yeah. Um, the line isn't the same, but that's not like they're not going to get that fixed. I mean, they had a lot of injuries on that too. He's a little old. He's 25. We start to see it really um, take a downturn around 26. So we'll see. But, you know, he was going top three last year and Fantasy Pros has him for 2021. He's the 10th player overall taken behind guys like Tyree Kill and Aaron Jones. I don't. I don't agree with that. You think it's too low? I think so. I think so too. I would take him, but they also have Devontae Adams 11th. So maybe that's injuries, but maybe we shouldn't really go off of this thing out much anymore. Um, <laughs> all right, Mike, what's your last thing to look forward to for 21? Well, my last thing was I was going to say something, but fuck it. I'm going to go a different direction. Do whatever you want, bro. It's your podcast. This is my show. 2021. Peace the fuck out, COVID. Yo, COVID vaccine, COVID, peace out. We're done with you. I'm praying to God we don't have to hear the words fucking COVID for the 2021 fantasy football season because, let's be honest, it sucked. I mean, we really lucked out. You know, um, all the games were played. Uh, We, You know, no games really missed, but there were so many times where, you know, we talked about, the difficulty of commissioners, you know, um, setting up replacement players in case someone was out and what to do if you had a guy that potentially wasn't going to play, then dealing with um, guys on the COVID list, they weren't going to play. It was just, I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about fantasy football in the real world, you know, COVID's serious situation and, you know, mm-hmm. and we're just talking about a game right now, but I just can't wait to like, get rid of that stress in fantasy football. I mean, it's still something we we're probably, we might have to deal with, but it's de- see, it's definitely going to be less of a hassle next year. And I just can't fucking wait, dude. I, I'm I fuck know, COVID. Man. I mean, COVID's fake, but seriously, fuck <laughs> you're, pre- you're preaching to the choir. I mean, if COVID was real, we'd be really worried about it, but in all seriousness, man, I don't know if it's going to be goodbye COVID by 21. No, by the season. Yeah. It's because no. it's like, yeah, we got the vaccine and then it's like people are worried about the vaccine and I get that 1000%. So, but it's like you think by September we're not going to hear, oh, there was an outbreak in the fucking Browns facility and they shut it down, you know? So I think we, I don't think we're going to be done with it, but I do think we're going to be um, trending in the right direction. Yeah, I don't think we're going to cancel or move games at all. I think that's done. We're not going to see any. Yeah, yeah. I, we're not going to see anything like we did. Remember the Steelers Ravens game around Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Jesus Christ! They moved that almost a fucking full week, and like for what? You know what I mean? For that game sucked. Well, that's um, just I, I, you know, obviously COVID's going to still be there, but I just feel like it's just going to be you know we're not in the the midst and heist of of everything, so I think it's going to be a little better, especially with the vaccine out. Um, I don't know. They got yeah, this yeah, season yeah. under their belt. Uh, they, I think, the NFL learned a lot from it on how they can do things differently moving forward as well. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, goodbye, COVID, bro. Goodbye. One one time for COVID. Uh,
fake. It'd be. I was going to say it'd be really bad if it was if it was real, but it's actually just created by the government. Um, <laughs> so, in all seriousness, this is my last takeaway or my last thing to look forward to, and I think it holds a really big key to a lot of draft strategies in 2021, a lot of championships in 2021. It's going to change the landscape of the league. And I know it sounds dramatic, but it's true. Everything's in flux. And I really am going to be curious this offseason to see what happens with the Philadelphia quarterback situation, specifically Jalen Hurts. Because, Mike, we see a guy that came on late. He's a less uh, accurate version of Lamar Jackson. Doesn't run as good as Lamar, but he really can turn it on. He's a guy that's going to be a key to a lot of fantasy teams. And my whole thing is, if they move on with him in Philadelphia, I like his setup there. I think that could work the way they have it. They can kind of build around him like they did in Baltimore. That would make Wentz move on. Wentz is injury prone and he had a terrible year. But if he goes to a place like New England or I don't even know, not Jacksonville, but I don't know who needs a quarterback, maybe San Francisco, that could change things for a lot. So what are you thinking for Jalen Hurts going into 21? Do you think the Eagles are going to retain him? And if you do think they're going to retain him, let's just play a game here. Let's say everything's the same. You have the Jalen Hurts we saw for the last couple weeks of the season. How early are you taking him and how big of an impact do you think he has on fantasy next year? I think Jalen Hurts has the makings of having a huge, huge impact on fantasy next year. Reason being, we're starting to see a new wave of quarterbacks, not just in the NFL, but in fantasy football. It's starting to get very trendy now that you get a quarterback that not only could throw, but is going to fucking rack it up with the rushing yards. Jalen Hurts, clearly not one of the best passing quarterbacks in the NFL, but seems like he's capable enough um, where he was having success with the offense, more so than the Hall of Famer Carson Wentz. Uh, I think now, am I going to be going out of my way to draft Jalen Hurts? Probably not because there's going to be those people who are going to over, you know, overhype him, hoping he's the next Lamar Jackson, hoping he's the next Kyler Murray. I could see myself drafting him, but it would, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not spending, a, I'm not going out of my way and overreaching for Jalen Hurts. I think he, I, I, I honestly think that he should be the quarterback for the Eagles um, and they should go in that direction. Um, because like I said, it's starting to be trendy for your quarterback to be just as good as a runner, as a passer. I don't know. I, I feel like you don't feel the same way about that as all. Um, uh, but let me know what you think. In what way you, you think I don't like him? Yeah. I don't think you like him. I don't think you think he should be a starting quarterback for the Eagles. And I don't think you want to have anything to do with him in fantasy football. Well, you're actually fucking wrong because I love, I love Jalen Hurts going really? into I think he can stay. I was wrong about him just because I'm a big college football fan and I watched the guy kind of oh, just God. run it around. Like he was just a running quarterback in at Alabama and Oklahoma. I mean, he 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 was a big reason why they won Roll the tide. title. What, oh yeah, but 
just so you guys know, Mike is the biggest Alabama fan I know. Roll um, so I fucking tie. Let's go. I want to congratulate him on the victory. Of the Uncle, Nick. Uncle Nick. Uncle Nick. Uncle Nick, shout out. Um, but listen, look at these numbers that – so in the three games Nothing that – Oh, sorry. Who the that's, fuck is that? It's, it's my, my, it's my ESPN thing. Oh god, my no. podcast. Let me see that. See, ESPN is trying to ruin. They, they're hearing. They're hearing oh, that we're coming I hate for ESPN. I looked. Fuck Matthew Barry. Jesus. Um, but let me just look. Really? He, he really only started two solid games. Got a fair shake in them. The the Saints game. Did he start the Saints game, Mike? Uh, I believe so. Okay, so the Saints game, so it was three. The Saints game, he went 17 for 30. They didn't really let him throw the ball a lot. He passed for 167 yards. He ran for he ran 18 times for 106 yards. Next week, we got Arizona where he went fucking off. 338 passing yards, three touchdowns in the air. He ran the ball 11 times, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Then he goes and plays Dallas. Um, 342 yards in the air, only one touchdown, um, nine carries for 69 yards. He had a touchdown call back, which was bullshit. Um, and he, during this whole span, he only had three turnovers, three, um, interceptions. Um, I don't see any fumbles. I don't think he had one. He might've had just one if he did. So I think Jalen Hurts, man, I yeah, think two, he two fumbles lost, two fumbles lost. Okay. I think he's a guy that has a really bright future from a fantasy football perspective. I think if he is the Eagles starting quarterback, um, I'm definitely keep. I mean, anywhere, but I, I don't think the Eagles are getting rid of him. They're going to try to get rid of Wentz somehow. I think Hertz is a guy you're definitely going to want on your fantasy teams moving forward. But, you know, we just got to see if he stays there. I, I think he will be the starting quarterback, but. He's a poor yeah. man's Lamar Jackson to me. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. He's not a great passer. Um, yeah, he just isn't. And Jalen Hurts is probably not even as good as a passer as Lamar Jackson. But look at the success Lamar Jackson's had in that offense. Look at where they are right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, it, it shows that your quarterback doesn't really have to get it done 100% with his arm which kind of is like, I, I don't like those. I never really cared for those type of quarterbacks, but it's starting to grow on me now because they definitely could have success in the NFL. But um, especially in fantasy football too. I mean, you got your, your starting quarterback. I mean, he's get, if he could put up these running, like running back two numbers, that's insane, you know? That's what I'm saying. That was the whole thing with Lamar, that he was going to put up running back one numbers in his MVP year, and he did. Um, so, yeah, I I love Hurts moving forward. That's going to be it for us tonight. Mike, you got anything else? Um, You know, this is GCF. Uh, we're dead ass out here, and we all fucking day. do it all fucking day because we rock. We love you guys. It really feels good to get back on the mic. And uh, just talk about fantasy football, football in general, um, having fun. Love you guys. We're going to keep giving you some content uh, here and there. If you want to hear anything different, new from us in the offseason, you got any ideas for us, um, hit us up. You know the deal, at Grand Central Fan on Twitter, GrandCentralFantasy.com, the website. Just, uh, you know, we love interacting with our followers as well. So, 
Thank you so much, Sean. It's a pleasure to hear your voice, even though I fucking outdueled you once again. But you know, dude, that's that's how it goes. It's par for the course. But yeah, I mean, we're taking a little bit of a step back because you know we're we go so fucking hard during the regular season. But you're still going to be hearing from us. Still going to be fucking, um, you know, getting covering all the breaking news. We're going to start preview blogs sooner than you think. So. Enjoy your fucking winter. Fuck coronavirus, even though it's fake. And uh, we out of here. Fake news, peace.